We are live from Geekway in a closet in St. Louis. And we're not live. Oh, that's true. <laughs> but we could be. We're, we're, pract- we're practically live because we're going to put this up the evening of the first day of we, Geekway of the West. We are going to finish recording and press upload. I'm, who are you? Oh, I'm Gina. And I'm John. This is Gaming in Real Life. You're Hi. listening to our podcast. <laughs> this is what we sound like before we do any editing. It's true. So, yeah, we are at Geekway to the West. This is, We've just uh, finished the first day of the convention. Exactly. And it does seem appropriate that we have brought our humble little podcast to Geekway to the West because what is our podcast about, John? <laughs> <laughs> it's what, about what is it about? The way connections <laughs> it's about the relationships that but, gamers have with board games. And the way board games foster relationships between players. It's never going to be the same every time. We're just going <laughs> to accept that. I, I, I have to imagine after a number of different tries and several minor variations, we'll figure out what we want to say. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So how, <laughs> how's your convention been so far? It's been going really great. I feel like it started very strong. I was really surprised and delighted to learn that we get three free games this year. I did not expect that either. Apparently it went out in an email, which I did not read. I skimmed, and apparently I missed that exciting announcement. So they're really stepping it up this year. Thank you, Geekway to the West, for the awesome swag. You're really taking care of us this year. Absolutely. But I was saying earlier, I feel like at some point, if this convention gets bigger... Like, maybe they'll only be able to give us four games one year, and people will be like, last year they gave us five. <laughs> no, I'm pretty grateful. Uh, that, that, was a, that was a nice surprise. Yeah. Um, how, how has it been going for you? I have been having a blast. Um, I feel like we have... The, the games that we've been able to play just in the play and win room... Uh, the play and win room is a game where you just grab... It's a game? game. <laughs> it's not a game. Isn't it? <laughs> It's sort I mean, of a game. Life is a game. <laughs> the playing room room is sort of a game, though, in some sense. It's you check out games and play them it, from a from a curated selection, mostly of sort of newer releases. But every time you play a game, you enter your name on a little card and you enter it into a drawing where you have a chance to win that game. So the more times you play a game, the more chances you have to win that game. You won a game last year. I did. I won the XCOM board game. Didn't you get rid of it? <laughs> I thought, you know, I liked that game. It just, it, not enough to, not enough to keep it. Not because, okay, it's a good, I, I think it's a good game. I don't think it's great. And I think it's a little difficult to learn enough so that it was just never really worth it to me to teach it to anyone. And that, I think that's a bad sign. Yeah. That, I didn't love it when we played it. I, I know you did year. not. But I gave it a fair shot, and that's got to count for you something. You absolutely did. Because we, I stuck with it, like two or three games of that of XCOM. But never mind what was bad. What's good? Yeah, I mean this is a, this is a new year, and I honestly feel like they've really stepped it up this year with the play and win because there's tons of new games I'm excited about. We've played the Networks, the Dragon and Flagon. They've got copies of Last Friday that I've been eyeing. They've got. Vast Crystal Caverns. It's tons of things that I've been wanting to try and haven't been able to get my hands on yet. I mean, and also, I, maybe games that we were slightly less interested in, but they've... Scythe, 
Cry Havoc, Spyfall uh, 2, Blood Rage, um, Robo I mean, Rally. These uh, hot games, you know. These are these are some of the ones that people have been chasing after for a while. So. And I am so excited that they have copies for sale of Not Alone starting tomorrow. I'm going to be on that shit. Like apparently, yeah, apparently available before they're actually released to retail. So that's actually pretty cool. That's is that that's new. What what publisher? Oh, it's it's not Stronghold, is it? Maybe it is Stronghold. I think so. Yeah, I think it is Stronghold. Yeah. Um, there's a much bigger showing. I mean, it's still not a huge exhibition hall like you'd see at Gen Con or Origins, but it's much larger this year than it was last year. The publisher presence was impressive. They, again, it's just, they stepped it up from last year. Yeah. Although I'm sad that Miniature Market doesn't have their dent and ding. John just spilled wine! I spilled a little bit of wine and it all landed on my phone. Oh. So... This is how we're winding down the day. Winding? Um, oh. There's going to be um, some Galaxy Trucker Anniversary Edition showing up later this evening. No, I've played a lot of Galaxy Trucker, but I've never played the Anniversary Edition, and I am intimidated looking over all the pieces. There are temporary aliens, which to me, I'm pretty sure they're like robot slaves. <laughs> they might very well be. I just appreciate that the rules book has explanations for everything it's like building codes and crap like that's why these rules are in place <laughs> it's sensible it is very sensible so what have you most enjoyed after your first day at the con i mean it's kind of a cop-out because this is not a new game to me i have played it before but captain zonar and it was one of those cases i played it so i played it twice at the wonderfully small garage con in bloomington india <laughs> which is so small that I'm sorry, you, you, the listener, are probably never going to go to it. Um, it's it's wonderful, but it's tiny. Um, but I, I, played a, I played this game a couple of times, and I knew it was good, but I think this time around it was just the right balance of me having enough of a grasp of the game to start really digging into it and start actually playing it well. Mm-hmm. I should tell you what it is, huh? Yeah. Okay, so imagine Battleship only, first of all, it's not just one versus one, it's up to four versus four, because everybody is manning a different station. You've got the captain who is navigating and calling the shots, you've got the first mate who's in charge of preparing all of the different systems, because they're, they're not all ready at once, right? Each of the, you know, you can't just fire torpedoes whenever you want to, you got to charge them up first and get them ready to fire. Just, just like, like real life. <laughs> just like real life. And then there's the engineer who makes sure that all of the systems don't break down, which they always are, so they've got to try and fix them and in the meantime let you know what you can and can't use, which is of course nothing that you want to use when you can use it. And the funniest part of the game is probably the radio operator. Because whenever the captain moves, they have to shout out the direction that they're moving. And the radio operator is sitting there just trying to listen to what the captain on the other team is saying. Because, you know, battleship style, you can't see what the other team is doing. And with a dry erase marker on a dry erase board, trying to, like, plot out where they think the ship might be based on the directions that they're calling out. And... This is all happening in real time. There are no turns. You're just doing it as fast as you possibly can. And it doesn't sound like it should work. But it works. And it works beautifully. 
these systems are so smart and just function together so well that ah, it's a great experience. Well, this is the perfect game to play at a con because ideally you will have four people on each team, which means you need eight players, and that's a hard thing to get at your you know regular gaming group, at least for us. So it's perfect fit for this kind of setting. I mean, I think we talked about it, that this is one of the reasons you go to conventions, is yeah. because there are some gaming experiences that it's just hard to create in the real world. You know, our guess, our podcast is gaming in real life, and if that's so, we are not there right now. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is not is a, real life. This is a break from that. <laughs> but a very nice break. Um, I mean, I feel like I'm surrounded by all these games I've been so excited to try and just haven't been able to yet, which is a beautiful feeling. I. Uh. Before we move on from Captain Sonar, I just want to point out that I played um, I played Radio Operator for the second time, and it turns out I'm amazing at it. You were an excellent radio operator. I, I was just very pleased. Again, it was one of those times where... You know, when they teach you the game, they teach you the rules, but they don't teach you what they mean. They don't teach you the strategy. And this was it was just that playthrough where things about the way the game worked clicked. And we sunk that... I thought we sunk that sub real fast. Oh, yes. What was the name of our submarine? It was the Sea Snail. The, <laughs> the Sea Snail was victorious twice. But I, I was so proud because every torpedo we fired was a direct hit. Yeah, it was excellent. So, yeah, anyway, that's, it's never going to happen again. I'm going to brag about it once, and then it's going to turn out it was a total fluke. <laughs> but I feel good about it today, and that's what matters. Absolutely. Like, today I get to feel like I'm actually a brilliant naval officer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what board games do. They make you feel like you're good at stuff that you'd actually be terrible about in real life. Oh, yeah. Uh, I- I think my favorite, again, speaking of things to be terrible at in real life, I think my favorite game of the day was The Dragon and Flagon. That was a close second. I uh, don't think I'd really hold my own in a bar fight in real life. <laughs> Just saying, I'm a very small person. Quaker, know, like, might... not really great at doing that stuff. Uh, the Qua- sure, the Quaker thing. Yeah, I mean, that, would be a, that would be a little hard to get over. But uh, Dragon and Flagon is a programming game. That's insanely clever, and what I love about it is that there's all these toys included in the game. There's like it's like a dollhouse. Back up, back up for a second though. When you say programming, you don't mean it's a game about programming computers. No, I mean that's a game where you have to predict the move that you're going to want to do a turn or two ahead, which is obviously a difficult situation because everybody else is doing the same thing, and so somebody might move right before you're going to pull the rug out from under them, and then you try and pull a rug out, and there's nobody there. This is a game themed around a brawl in sort of, you know, you know the sort of the Dungeons and Dragons thing where, you know, before and after every quest you go to the tavern. This game is themed around a brawl in said tavern between the various fantasy characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but... You are going to be throwing things at people, barrels, <laughs> you could be throwing chairs, cups, uh, you might be swinging from a chandelier and kicking everybody who is below you in your path. I got I to mean, do that once. It's, it's an incredibly visually evocative game. But for every time that I, like, the one time I managed to swing across a chandelier kicking everybody in the head on my way across from one table to another, um... Every other time I tried to do that, I ended up just landing on nothing. Or yeah, there were there were quite a few times where we just like 
were trying to slash somebody with a knife, but there was nobody there. Well, and the game, the game does this really funny thing where, like, if you get beamed in the head with a chair, as you might imagine, you get dazed for a couple of rounds, and the way that happens is they just force you to... So all of your... Co the way you plan, you do your moves is you have cards representing the different moves, and you put a couple down in a row. So you're always having... Again, you're always having to try and predict what things are going to be. But when you get dazed... You just randomly uh, shuffle your cards up and put cards face down um, in your sort of programmed action area. So what it means is you get beamed in the head in the chair, and it's this hilarious thing of you then just start slashing at nothing, like, who threw that chair at me? I'll kill you. I'll kill all of you. I loved that you were able to, like, get drunk. <laughs> Talk about talk about the advantages of getting drunk in this game. So the victory condition in this game is reputation points, and anytime you hit someone, you gain reputation. Yes. Uh, but every time you get hit, you you actually steal reputation from the person that you're hitting, right? Because mm -hmm. they get embarrassed. Except my character, I was playing the swashbuckling pirate, and my character, my power was I would get drunk enough that I was beyond embarrassment. So exactly. <laughs> you couldn't take reputation from me because I just wouldn't care. One thing I really loved about that game was how inclusive it was. I've never played a game where I could play a woman wearing a headscarf or just like there's a, a wide variety of races there and even some different body types, which is not something I see in a lot of games. And I found that really exciting. It didn't feel like token efforts no. to include diversity. Like... Not only did the not only was the cast of characters diverse, but I thought they were also just well designed characters. Oh, absolutely! Like every character seems like they had their own story beyond, you know, whatever whatever they group they were trying to represent. Yeah. So yeah, good on that was that was another stronghold, wasn't it? Um, I actually I think so. I, I think so. I think Stronghold puts out most of the games by that designer. I cannot remember the name of this designer, but it's the same person who does the excellent Space Cadet and Space Cadet's Dice Duel. Mm. I just felt like there's a lot of good representation today because we also played the networks. That was the first game that we pulled out of the play and win. And when I was reading over the rules, I noticed that they used female pronouns from time to time. And it, it struck me, because that's something I don't see very often, and I was really pleased to see that. It's, just, it's nice to see yourself represented every once in a while. The Networks was incidentally a great game in its own right. Oh, um, absolutely. Not my favorite game that I played today, but that's partly just because everything we played was great. It was a very strong start. I think we're going to be hard-pressed to have a day that's just so consistently strong as we had today, we mostly focused on the play and win because we figured it's Thursday, there might be fewer people here than we'll be here for the rest of the weekend because some people have to work on Thursday because they have real jobs or <laughs> they're not able to take off oh, for a day. Oh, how horrible. I know. But I, I absolutely feel like it was a good use of our resources. What are you excited to try tomorrow? So, we still haven't played Robo Rally. Yeah. Which, and we haven't played Scythe. We're waiting for your husband to show up, because we think your husband would love that game. He's going to show up tonight. I'm pretty sure I'm going to dig that game, too, though. I'm excited to play it. I just, I didn't want to play it without him there. Yeah, he would be sad if I think, played it without him. Oh, he'd appreciate it very much. Mm -hmm. Um. So, yeah. And, you know, there's so many other... Yeah, I, I guess... Robo Rally, so Robo Rally and Scythe, uh, those are the two I'm going to put down as the ones I'm most excited for. What about you? The two at the top of my list are vast crystal caverns. I really want to be a cave. I've never gotten to be a cave in any other game. 
uh, Vast Crystal Caverns <laughs> is a game where everybody plays a different character. I believe there's a there's a dragon, there's a knight, I think there's a goblin, and a cave. And I haven't played this game, but I believe that the cave's win condition is to collapse and trap everybody inside of the cave. What a silly idea. It that just seems great. like a very curmudgeonly role, and in my soul, like, I am a very old curmudgeonly person, and that just tickles me. So... I'm excited to cosplay as a cave. Haven't gotten to do that before. Uh, and I also really want to try The Last Friday because you know I love hidden movement games it so hard. It was, I walked by another table playing that game and I thought, oh, that looks like a Gina game. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, in a good way. I would like to try it too. It sounded interesting. I forgot to mention, it's not in the play and win area, but there's a lot of copies of Terraforming Mars floating around the con. Oh, yeah. And that's one, I've, that's one I'd like to try very much. I hear it's Fantastic. Absolutely. So. Well, it's gotten so much buzz, I'm very curious about it, so we'll have to try it. Well, and we haven't even mentioned the community at Geekway. I mean, how friendly has everybody been? Incredibly friendly. I got two dinosaur stickers today. <laughs> I, I have a rainbow, a meteor, and a cat uh, sticker. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Okay, so the vital part of this story is uh, one of one of the people we played with uh, apparently hands out stickers to everybody she she games with. So. So we have started decorating our badges, and perhaps we will decorate more because there's been talk of Battlestar Galactica. Which I've wanted to try for so long because I love deception games, and that's a deep one. Battlestar Galactica, it's, it's a game that I have played, but I was too drunk. Oh, yeah, it's probably not a good way game to play drunk. drunk. Like, it was just, it was one of those nights where you thought you could handle a couple of beers and then. It hit you, and yeah. it hit you all at once, and you just knew that whatever you thought you were going to be able to do, you couldn't do, except you were already committed, so... Yeah. I would like to have a good experience with that game, because I, I, people still love that one. Yeah, I'm hopeful. Well, I know we're not going to keep this going too long, because this is our quick and dirty daily review of Geekway of the West, but absolutely come back... Tomorrow, we will be continuing to record these mini-episodes and putting them up every night. Unedited, uncut, unfiltered, live... No, not live, but... Live-ish. Sort of, <laughs> basically live. Somewhat drunk. <laughs> Tipsy. Uh, well, if uh, if you're at Geekway to the West, uh, stay, stay awesome, stay friendly, and keep having fun. If you're not at Geekway to the West, go next year. What are you doing? Yeah, and if you're at Geekway, definitely send us a message or contact us on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. We're everywhere, and we want to meet you. We would love to. All right. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and sign off, but until then, we wish you good friends. Good games. And, and goodbye. goodbye.